And we continue on with our podcast series about life in Eastern Furnace Village in the 1940s and 50s. It was kind of a hard scrabble uh, existence of agriculture uh, predominated down there and kids just roamed around the town without a lot of uh, oversight. Uh, the joke was that our mothers would send us into the backyard and tell us to go play Dodge Rock. That was <laughs> a little harsh, but it was uh, different. Uh, in any case, uh, a lot different from today's youngsters' uh, upbringing. Uh, this week's uh, podcast is entitled, We Had uh, Ponies. Well, we had them, but we did not own them. The deal went this way. In the off-season from fair and carnival time, the Doyle family down Route 106 a couple miles from us would let families take a pony for their use in exchange for housing and feeding the animals. The Doyles lived at what is now the location of the Maplewood Country Day Camp at 150 Foundry Street. At the time, the property was profiled above the level of the street in contrast to the Great Depression we now see in the earth there. The Doyles sold their property to the construction cause of building Route 24. The new buyers stripped off the rich surface loam and went deep into the fine source of sandy gravel down beneath that made the roadbed. The first year we took only Midnight, a Shetland pony of obstinate character. For the next several years we had Midnight and Candy. Candy is a quarter horse of gentle nature who was blind in one eye. These animals drew neighborhood kids to our small farm like the proverbial bees to honey. Brother Bud and I would insist that our visitors help us with the chores before we let anyone ride. Slop the hogs, collect the eggs, milk the goat, feed the chickens, etc. were basic tasks. We only had the ponies from mid-October through the next mid-May when carnival season started again. Franny Doyle was older than I by a year or two. He was an excellent rider to watch. A devil-may-care guy, he could ride Indian-style bareback as well as he could with a saddle on a horse. But and I and our two sisters, Claire and Dottie, were okay riders, but never in the Doyle family class. At one time, we had a horse at the Weber farm on Bay Road. That damn animal was the best when headed for the barn. One needed to kick and cajole him going away from the shelter, but watch out, coming back. I nearly lost my head more than once as the crazy steed put me under the barn door with inches to spare, even as I hunkered down as low forward in the saddle as I could. We raised a lot of animals for our own feed and for a supposed profit with the Raymond Weber family. Kathy Weber, who worked for years at the VFW Hall, was one of the offspring of this clan. Sheep one year, chickens, then pigs, you name it, we tried it. No matter what we did, the cost of grain, weather conditions, or disease, always seemed to do us in. My father cut the hair of several older men in our village, old Henry Weber and George Lillia's grandfather, Ina Tura, included. He was not particularly good at the job and used those awful hand clippers that pulled so much at one's hair. Ouch! Dad cut us our hair, too, of course, and we hated the experience. 
but the depression years hung heavy with him, and he'd never pay a barber for such a simple task. I never saw the inside of a barber shop until I was in high school. Feed for the animals was pretty basic. The idea being never to buy commercial feed unless absolutely necessary, especially for the pigs. Pigs will eat just about anything. Dad always had a supply of dead cull ducks from the farm in East Mansfield that he managed. He harvested garbage where he could on his way home from work. From some mysterious place, he came home with huge loads of bakery products, among which were a pastry called Ladyfingers. I really liked them, and on some occasions, they had not yet started to turn green with age. I sat down one day and ate my fill. Ooh, did I get sick. Ah, to this day, I can't even stand the smell of them. We raised broiler chickens for the market. They were sold to the Avon poultry market man. The whole operation started in the cellar where we had incubators. The chicks started there and moved into the backyard one batch after another. We have had as many as a thousand at one time in different stages of growth. But and I had to feed and water them. If the market was right for fully dressed birds, we killed and picked the broilers. All four kids would sit on the cellar stairs and pick pin feathers until we fell asleep with a chicken in our lap. I can still kill, pick, and clean a chicken in pretty short order. Up in the morning, do the chores, and off to school again was the routine. Many youngsters did the same kind of work about the house. I always had that aroma of goat, pig, or chicken with me as I went to school. Others carried the same or slightly different scent, but no one took notice, at least not to my face. I know my friend Richard Anderson was obliged to do similar chores each day, and neither of us had any of the worse of the wear for it today. Winters made the chores more arduous. It seems that we had greater snowstorms back then. Up in northeastern village, it was different, I'd guess, but I never really got up there much to see how life was in town. With just one auto in the household, we were somewhat isolated until my dad got that used card license. But that's another story. That's the way I recall it anyway.